Happy Friday, everybody. It is time to do grief with some hope and some humor and a little bit of grace and maybe a lot of grace today with Jill and Deb. Deb, how are you? Oh, I am so glad you asked. Um, Because there were a couple things I wanted to talk about today. Besides, um, unfortunately, making the 500 uh, thousand mark of COVID deaths in 10 months. Excuse me while I still clear my throat. Um, Yeah, I'm good by grace. (laughs) That's That's a good thing. That is. And before we get started, I wanted to say how you were doing. You had your second COVID shot. And I had a couple of days that were maybe not a lot of good fun, but I am now free of most of it. I'm just going to favor my arm just a tiny bit for a little while longer. Mm-hmm. But I am not going to argue because I've got my second COVID shot. And for that, I am so incredibly grateful. Right. So right. grateful. I, and we're at like I 43 totally million Americans now who are <clears throat> immunized. Yes. Yes. And uh, I think almost 10% of the population around here in our wow. county is been vaccinated. Um excuse me, for our uh, listening audience, I want people to be aware of, there's an actual thing called COVID arm. And don't panic if five to seven days later, after you are done, all of a sudden, it's like a mosquito from Minnesota came and hit your arm. Because uh, that's exactly, it looks like a giant, giant mosquito bite lasts a couple days and then it goes away. Oh, so, like a TB test. <clears throat> yeah, only much bigger. We're talking probably the size of a quarter sticking oh, out of your kind arm. Oil sized, okay. Oil sized. So just look up COVID arm and that's real important so you don't panic. Yeah. And, uh, there's been a couple different reactions I have found over the last week. So that's interesting. Uh, let's, before I go into anything else about me. So I find it, I don't know how many of our listening audience has been through the Vietnam war and watching pictures again and again and again on TV, I sort of feel the same way about uh, 500,000 people. And I don't know about other people. I'm not numb to it, but I haven't processed it. And so that leads me into the next thing This is real common in grief. For instance, yesterday, I, it was an accident. Someone rear-ended me. Oh. And I was at the stoplight and, and they just hit the back of my car, probably moved me maybe a foot or so. They probably weren't going very fast. They just spaced out. I saw there was nothing wrong. 
on the uh, on my car or theirs, and I had to calm the woman down just a little bit. She felt really bad. <laughs> so, I, you know, I was in park. I got out of the car at the intersection, and then I just uh, went on my way. About five minutes later, all of a sudden, I felt like my throat was closing up. And I'm oh. like, seriously? So I coffee. So I'm at <laughs> the nurse. And me, I drink it to see if I'm going to spit it out. And it went down. I'm like, why does my throat in this part feel? Oh, when you go back and forth, you hit all your nerves. How do I know this? I got to where I was giving injections. And of course, the I called my chiropractor right away. She came in special for the day. I get through the day. When you have a, a little trauma, just a little one, sometimes it takes you a couple days to process it until you feel safe again. And that's what I want to say to our listeners. I'm not that different. I bet the magnitude of what has happened in this country and all these deaths, and you know someone that's had a death, or you know someone that knows someone, or right. you know Facebook is filled with, can I have prayers, so-and-so has COVID. Mm-hmm. The magnitude might not hit you till next year. I just, and that's because it might not hit you exactly, but you'll also find you're sort of sensitive in other areas. And a little hyperreactive. Hyperreactive to things because of all the deaths in COVID that you haven't really felt. Go ahead and add to that, please, Jill. It's if you're not if you're not really looking at each death that affects you right when it happens, and staying with it in that moment, and instead putting it back because there's more coming and there's too much media and there's too much stuff, it can then come back as kind of a wave that's just exhausting. It it feels to me like the the quilt showing up all over the the Washington mall. First time it was there, it covered half the mall. Second time there was too much of it and it covered the mall and down several other places and parts of it couldn't be displayed. Mm -hmm. And now it takes three warehouses. So it, it kind of feels like that. And, Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, we've got a lot of different populations who are going to be feeling the magnitude of what they have walked through. Mm-hmm. as they're able to emerge from being in the middle of it. So all of our hospital staff, not just the nurses and the doctors, all the mm-hmm. hospital staff, all the first responders, all of us who've had multiple losses, all the funeral directors and morgue folks, anybody who's in the been in the middle of it, those folks are going to get hit with it later. And we need to be ready for them. And they need to be ready to ask for help. Mhm. You know, <clears throat> even with a good friend the other day, um, some trauma that happened to her 40 years ago or 30 years ago, probably. Mm-hmm. She was talking, she was talking, she mentioned it maybe a few weeks ago, and then she mentioned it again, 
And I just whipped out my phone, gave her the number of my therapist. And even people who believe in therapy and believe that you should talk to someone, one, they don't always do it themselves. Right. No, therapists are notorious. Oh, it's like <laughs> nurses. We are horrible. You, yeah, know? you are like, worse than us. I will give you that. Now, just a minute here. The funeral directors are ahead of all of us. <laughs> oh, don't worry. It's not going to kill me. I know what they're going to do. And then, so, it's with grief, maybe you're not going to feel the grief, but becoming more self-aware of right. what's passing through you and your reactions to grief. Um, I know I've said this before, but <clears throat> a mirror broke in our house. This was back in 1997. Oops. And it was my dad's, or it wasn't my dad's. It had come from his boss. Mm -hmm. And it was like one of the last vestiges of my dad, but I never mm -hmm. thought about it. And it accidentally broke. I lost it. You were devastated. Time. And I had already been in therapy and all this stuff. But when I was like over the top, over a mirror, and I don't usually care about things breaking. <clears throat> I asked my patient got to you. I finally mourned the death of my dad 27 mm -hmm. years later. I was 14 when he died. And so I was busy taking care of everybody else because nobody else could step up emotionally. At 14, you didn't have the language or the wherewithal to understand what the impact would be. Right. So right? As, as odd as this might be, for many people, not until the COVID news is more in the background mm -hmm. and you feel safer, it's like a lot of people, uh, myself included, when the new president came and took the oath of office, I started to cry. It was like a relief and a grief because for me, I was too busy coping with mm -hmm. someone's belief system that I hated, which will be the next part that I was going to talk about. Because you can love somebody and hate their belief system. Mm -hmm. And that pretty much fits all religions. You can hate their belief system and allow yourself that grief. So <clears throat> we say these things because 500,000. That's all of World War One, all of World, all of World War Two, and, and all, of, all Vietnam. of Vietnam. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot, and that's in less than a year. Right. That's yeah, right. we've we've had a tremendous number of losses, and it's time to start talking about them more, and talking about how it's hitting us, and to still find the good things about those who've died, and to remember the the stuff that can make us smile about them, and mm -hmm. for some to remember the grace with which they handled an illness that was frightening. Um, if you were lucky enough to have somebody like that, 
and to take a lesson from that as well, right? Because there's there's a lot we can learn from these losses, even if we didn't want the losses and none of us, absolutely none of us did. But no. we can still learn to, I, I was on a, a show with Max Tucci, who does Max and Friends, and we were talking about grief and loss yesterday. And he talked about how for him, the COVID loss of a beloved adopted grandmother was not a terrible thing. It was a moment of grace for him because she had never wanted to be placed in a facility and she'd had to live in one for about three years because of illness and um, debilitation and dementia. And he said for him, he felt like her very rapid death from COVID was a moment of grace because mm -hmm. she was released from being where she was. Mm -hmm. And for him, that was a moment for him to say it's it. Sometimes it's okay. Not that everybody else's losses are okay, because he certainly no. lost other people. That mm -hmm. that's not to say that others are, but for some, it was an okay thing. And the next part of of loss is. I wanted to be there. You hear this over and over. They died alone. They they died with strangers taking care of them. That's not the way a death is supposed to be. And it happens. What do you say to the people that have this? It was out of their control anyway, but they feel, I want to use the term guilty or remorse. They feel sad. They feel angry mm -hmm. because up until last year, even if someone died in the hospital, you could be there with them. Right. Right. Um, but I work with the nurses and the staff who say we're tired of being called strangers because right. we're doing intimate care. And it's not like we don't care. We're not technicians. We are busy. We're swamped, but oh. every single dying person gets attention and gets loving care and even if we're not supposed to hold hands, we put our gloves on and we do it anyway, because this okay. is a life that's, that's leaving this world. And so for those folks, what I say is, you know, if you can, at some point after this is over, connect with the hospital staff okay. or send them a note. And say and thank you. Say thank Just you. Acknowledge. I appreciate that you were there. My mom was this person. Here's her picture. You may not recognize her because, you know, she may have been prone, but. Okay. Thank you for taking good care of her. Mm -hmm. Right. Because nobody in the hospital is there because on staff is there because they don't care. Exactly. There's lots they, of other nursing and doctor jobs that are not COVID units right now. Oh, right? Absolutely. they could be safely doing immunizations. You know, and after a while for those nurses, as we've stated before, or doctors or whoever's in there, maybe yeah. respiratory therapists. Mm -hmm. Think how many are doing those double duties, right. death after death after death after death. I hope if there's any people that have been part of this, that they're in therapy or call your EAP. Through your or they have hospital. time for it, right? Because there's right. lots of, there are therapist groups available to do free counseling for the mm -hmm. frontliners and they can't get people to call in because they're so tired, you know, 12 hour, 14 hour shifts right back again in six and a half hours. By the time you've eaten, showered, washed your clothes, decontaminated. They just want to be time for that. Right. But there will be time later. I, I will give the funeral directors credit 
there's now a post-traumatic stress disorder community support group run by funeral directors that's private and online. So if you're in that camp, find them. Mm-hmm. They, they are there and they're acknowledging. Most of them are old school because they're finally saying, whoa, this is, we've seen bad before. This is, this is beyond bad. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. there's support out there and I would encourage everyone to find it. But also to acknowledge the losses, right? Yeah. There's, there's yeah. a lot of chatter in the therapist community about how do we acknowledge a client's death? You do it like oh, you yeah. acknowledge other deaths. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And because your clients count and it's a relationship. And even here in Champaign County, I know uh, therapists, a few are taking more, but mm-hmm. they're, they're booked. And as you and solid. my other, pardon, book solid. solid. That's right. And then you have to take time for yourself as a therapist, as a coach, Mm -hmm. as whatever to, oh my goodness. And that's where important, it's important for all of us to remember that even in the midst of it, we need to find some grace about some pieces of this. Right. Uh, For me, the grace is we've got people who are willing to step up in hospitals. We've got people willing to step in and vaccinate like you're doing like oh, my friend so Lori Oshiro is doing out here. We've got people willing to do those things. We've got people who are able to remember the funny things about the person who died. Mm-hmm. Right, Max and I talked about the fun stuff about his grandma yesterday because she was a hoot. She had to be to be related to that man. So <laughs> <laughs> you two would get along like gangbusters, right? So it's that kind of thing. Let's remember what's funny about them because it gives us that lift and that joy. It gives our brains a little shot of, of some good stuff in the chemistry department. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's do those things. Let's laugh at the funny things our critters are doing. I, I remind people that it's not like a cure therapy isn't a cure right away. And after 10 days, the symptoms will go away, but you're going to get bigger moments. Mm-hmm. And I, in any kind of grief, you go through bigger moments. That's, that's all you can do are moments. Sometimes therapy is just a safe place to mm-hmm. unload. Uh-huh. Right. You just need some place where your family can't hear you. Sometimes your partner or spouse can't hear you. Right. And I do love my spouse. Don't hear me wrong. You just want to just say all the things, right? Or I can't believe this happened or that happened or I'm stressed about. Sometimes it's just unloading and knowing that that screen is contained and no one's going to hear you but that person there or that door is closed if you happen to have one who's in person right now and no one can hear you. Right. Right. That's probably 80% of what my therapist does. Just kind of absorbs Jill. Right. right. A little right. reframe, a whole lot of absorbing. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and for laughing because you have to laugh just, if you're my therapist. You, like mine doesn't. I had one therapist go, could you not make a joke right now? Stop <laughs> making a joke because that's like major deflection for me. So I found this article online. I just. I just wanted to go over some of these because even though 
Well, it's four points that this person learned from therapy that I think is important just to state simply for grief. And the first one is trauma, but you can say grief or death can come from anywhere. And it doesn't have to be like uh, a mass, uh, a giant thing that happened. Mm -mm. The lizard dying when you're a kid. You know, you'll go back to that and you'll go, let's call the lizard James. I don't know. (laughs) And James the lizard died. I had Sammy the turtle. And you might go back. killed your turtle? I did. (laughs) I didn't put water and eventually after 10 days he stuck to something. You know? Yeah, I know. And I think, oh my God, what an awful person. But you don't realize how those little things build up the same Mm -hmm. way we tell people little things are do the little things because that has an effect too Mm -hmm. um here's another thing feelings are always valid even if others don't understand them or don't accept them and don't want or don't accept them your feelings are still valid and so many so many myself included we're always told, seriously, you're upset about that? That's where the grief rules get in the way. Because mm-hmm. you're told how to feel and how mm-hmm. to express your feelings mm-hmm. and how soon you should and how mm-hmm. soon you should be over and what mm-hmm. they should be about. And that's where in therapy you should be learning how to set boundaries so you can have your feelings and own them as your own. Yes. Not to batter other people over the head with them, but so that you can acknowledge them as your own. That you you can acknowledge them and you don't need others to acknowledge your feelings. Right. You can the stand in. Yeah. You know, I'm feeling this way. I don't. And is it worth even expressing your feelings to certain people? Because they're going to blow you off. If you're at that point, you better reevaluate the relationship. Check the expectations. If you're expressing feelings because you're going to change somebody, you're on the wrong line. Yep. If you're expressing feelings because you think this is somebody who's going to be supportive and they're just going to allow you to have them, great. But if you're trying to use them to batter someone and to change someone, that's not going to happen. That's not how people work. That's probably not how you work. Right. But that might be the way you were taught. Yep. So, yeah. Here's another one. There's always room to be kinder to yourself. Lots of room. Lots lots and lots of room. And Um, to accept that you're okay. Yeah. We've got room to grow, but you're okay. That whole thing about you're enough is really real. It's not woo-woo. It's real. uh, On Fridays, uh, according to, uh, what are they called? Uh, The days of the week. Oh my gosh, good-hearted living. So each day of the week, I learned this through World Laughter Tour, each great day of the week represents something else. Uh, Mondays are for compliments. Tuesdays are for flexibility. Uh, Wednesdays are for gratitude. Thursdays are for kindness. But Fridays, Fridays are for forgiveness. And Saturday and Sunday are for chocolate. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. But Fridays for forgiveness. That's a hard concept. So I look at it as how can you be kinder to yourself? And we've done this a million times, but everybody in the listening audience or whenever you listen to this, 
you can go ahead and just rub a tender spot on your sternum and you go, I'm okay. You don't have to say, I forgive you because it's sort of like if a little kid falls down in front of you and maybe rips a hole in their jeans or tears something and they go, oh, I'm so sorry. I grew my foot, whatever. And you go, it's okay. You just mm -hmm. pick them up and say, it's okay. You're your own little kid. And it looks like you tore something. And you just rub that little tender spot. And you go, it's okay. It's okay. And that's what being kind to yourself is. It's a self-soothing. Uh, self-soothing. And you're not going to start being kind to other people. It looks like you are. But you'll be even more kind if you start being kind to yourself. Because that empathy factor really works in there, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you, yeah. Want, you want to be able to really provide what other people need. But you can't if you're stuck inside your head. Then it's right. not sincere. Right. That's right. right. That's right. You still so, And you still, in all of that, need to find that's where you're giving yourself grace, but you also want to be able to smile while you're doing it. Uh-huh. Exactly. Right. Or as I like to say, plan B, anything you can do with us, uh, humor and grace and a smile on your face. That's exactly okay. right. That's exactly right. Yeah. You make it up as you go. And <laughs> lastly, and we mentioned this earlier in the broadcast, you can still love someone and hate or despise their beliefs. Mm -hmm. You just say, no, I love you. And I don't have the time of day for what you are believing in, but that's right. okay. Cause I still love you. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. I, I had a dear friend that for maybe a decade, we've been friends for 27 years now. And she was all like, uh, very fear-based everything like, Oh, I don't know. That might happen. That might happen. And finally, at some point, I said, I love you. And I do not support your fears anymore. You'll have to find somebody else that'll do it. I'm just not going down that road with you. Don't. And don't do that road with me. Because like I don't believe Yeah. Say again. It sounds like she had some trauma she needed to resolve. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know... A decade after that, she goes, I appreciate that. And yeah, she has a she has a therapist now that is good and integritous. And because uh, there's some therapists that are not very integritous. And um, and so it's you don't have to support someone's beliefs. You don't even have to support your kids' beliefs. You know, you can say you just have to survive them. <laughs> speaking as a girl mom you just gotta survive them right i and hear a lot about boy mom but girl moms yeah we got our hands full if you're a girl mom hands out to you right eventually they grow yeah. up and do their thing but some of that time in between is a little bit of a challenge right and you take uh comfort joy and pleasure and watching them grow those baby steps, whatever those baby steps are for them, you know, 
it could happen when they're 20, it could happen when they're 30, it could happen when they're 40. That's just that's part know. of there's room for growth at every age, right? I was talking to someone yesterday and they said, you know, I thought when I was 18, I knew it all. And I said, and now, yeah, now I'm kind of finding that there's room for, for growth and learning no matter how old I get. And this was someone who I think was like late twenties, early thirties. Wait till you get a little bit older. Yes. There's always room for that. There is. There is. And if you're sort of, you can start therapy at any age, any age. Uh, I remember I was early 40s and I said to my therapist, I said, when am I going to learn this one simple lesson? And she said, you know, you're 40 something, you're getting it. You're not 70 something and learning it. It's about, what is it about every decade? stuff that you've shoved down it it finds its way back up right that's why personally i think getting older is a lot more fun because you do get to look back at all the stuff and go oh (laughs) and maybe even pick up the phone and say i'm so sorry right oh oh mom i'm sorry Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh i was a little bit sorry to my sisters yet but i'm I'm sure that'll happen at some point (laughs) And I'm sure they're waiting. So my my uh, stepdaughter, when she was 15, I won't go into the specifics, but it was a fifth. I mean, she was driving a car, so she had to be 16 or 17. And she came back from her mom's house and she said, if I ever have a daughter, I will not. And she, so I said, I get that. I remember feeling that way. Can you write that down? She has a daughter now who's 10. Yep. And I have this piece of paper signed by her that she will be getting in a frame the next couple Christmases. And she knows it. She knows (laughs) that I saved it for all these years because she'll be 38 this year. So, yeah. It's fun to everybody learn the lessons. I'm sure my mom would have done exactly the same thing to me. (laughs) I was, like, I, I was the good kid. Oh. <laughs> I did my homework. I didn't do the stuff. But still, I'm sure there are moments she has stored in the back of her memory. Uh, unfortunately, with, with her dementia, it's going to come flying forward faster than later <laughs> with a lot less filter. I, I just know what's going to happen. Right? At the <laughs> same time, I mean, my mom thought I was nuts and off the rails most of my life. I, I just 100%. I'll never forget this compliment where we were talking about religion and I mentioned something about uh, a more the founder of Hasidic Judaism to relatives. And she goes, and they like stop. They go, who is that? I go, the founder of Hasidic Judaism. And they went, how do you know this stuff? And my mother, God bless her, who thought I was off the rails all the time. She goes, my Debbie knows. She reads about this. And I'm like, can you write that down so I can have it framed? <laughs> I want credit. I want credit. I want a certificate. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, Jill, um, 
so you had sent me something earlier about it's on Facebook a lot about the one five hundred thousand uh vigil vigil for coming up on March first mm -hmm. for the five hundred thousand. Um, and it's not specifically for that. It's be, it was spurred on because we got to 500,000 losses and we're way beyond that by today. Oh yeah. And again, my heart goes out to anybody who's had been part of those losses. Um, certainly both of us have. Um, but there is now a move to do a national day of remembrance or mourning. They're kind of working out the wording right now. Um, and they're, it's being put together in part by, a, a, a grassroots movement that was started by um, a young woman who lost family members and was mm -hmm. last year just feeling like no one's paying attention. And so somebody's got to do something. She's an original. I need this to be acknowledged. I need to be able to talk about my dad. I need to have people mm -hmm. know this happened. We need to, we need to get together. We need to stop the people from saying this isn't real. Mm -hmm. So that, Plus a couple of other groups have come together and on March 1st, there will be um, a national vigil. I don't know if the federal government has wound into it yet. My uh -huh. hunch is it will be. This just got started putting together late last week, I believe, from what uh -huh. I can tell. So uh -huh. as soon as we have more information, we will post it. Right. And if well, next week is March 1st. Next week. So if this week, as things come up, we'll get it right. posted on here. And right. we'll give you the link so that you can participate because they will be doing it. But we'll put the link on this page and all of our other spots where this is. And Deb will put it up on hers so yes. that you can um, get in there. There's a free e-ticket that you mm -hmm. can sign up for. So if you see if you see something that says get a ticket, they're not going to charge you for it. Right. It's just to give you access to it. I guess they're trying to keep people from hijacking it, which, you know, in our current age, sometimes we got to do that. Right. But it, it would be a great place if you have had one of those losses, if right. you want to join with other people. And if you want to see other people honoring your loss, uh -huh. this, would, this would be some place to do that. Right. 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 And My, mm -hmm. go ahead. I think they're also looking at perhaps asking states to do flags at half-mast. I'm uh -huh. not sure if that's going to happen yet or not. Again, it's been really rapid. But with COVID, everything is really rapid and we're all Changing. learning how to pivot. So if you have time and if you don't have time at that specific day and time, then um, it will, of course, be recorded so you can join in later and see how many people were there and hear the words that people have to offer. You know, I'm I'm really thank you, Jill, for saying that. And and like I said, both of us will put it on our Facebook pages. Uh, CBS this morning, I think once a week, they take five names, reach out out of, I, they're not all from New York or Atlanta. They, they reach out across all over the United States and they go into depth with pictures and stuff. And just, I even have goosebumps just thinking about, and if you've lost someone from COVID and I, I'm sure it'd be okay, go ahead and list their names mm -hmm. on our on our page. Uh, list a picture if you want. And I'm gonna if and Jill, um, I'll tag you. I'll write something up, and then for uh, for prayers, 
if you feel comfortable, if the family feels comfortable, they might not. Go ahead and put that up. Um, a friend of mine is waiting for a uh, transplant, and there's been lots of problems. And COVID only adds to the problem. It's made it so, so it has. They've been on the wait list, and every day they get a couple days, and then it goes away. And every day this, and that goes away. So if I like what someone said more recently. Every death is a COVID death this over the last right 12 months. Right. They all are. Somehow they are affected by COVID. So right. So put your put your people's pictures up, put their tell us something about them. Right. What made them smile? What made mm -hmm. them laugh? What makes you smile when you think about them? Mm -hmm. Right. Put up a silly picture if you want. You know, usually in obituaries we put in the very serious ones or someone in a tux at a wedding or something that wasn't really them. Mm -hmm. Put up the mm -hmm. picture that was them. Put up, right. that's right. The ones that Put I have on my Christmas tree are who my people were when they were being them, not when they were posing. <laughs> right? And I, you see this, if it froze like this, ha, that would be me. Right. People know there's Deb. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I found finally found my, most of my pictures of my grandparents on my dad's side. They were, you know, taken when people were a little more serious, taking pictures, not quite so much that, but there were some of those, you know, their, their early childhood pictures, but even then they were more relaxed um, and a little more serious. And I just found a picture of my grandma and grandpa in their bathing suits in the lake in Florida. Oh. We lived, they lived on Lake Annie in um, Polk County and um, they were in the lake in their retirement years, just before he died, floating there, just smiling at each other. And I, I'm guessing my aunt took the picture. I don't know, but it's now my favorite picture of them because it was them being them. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So post those pictures who they really were. All right, everybody. Okay. We'll see you back next week on March 1st, which is before then, please make sure that if you, feel like you need to, you can check into the National um, Day of Remembrance and mm -hmm. we will see you back here next week. That sounds great. Have a good week, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone.